Hey, you're listening to Mom, Wife, and Boss Life, where we have unfiltered conversations. I am your host, Yolanda Villa. Hi, guys. Today, we have Joanna Hardis, who is a cognitive behavioral therapist, a mother of three, and she combines her personal parenting with her 20 years of professional experience. Hi, Joanna. Thank you for being with us today. So tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into where you are now. Well, I have been a therapist for about 23, I think I'm in my 24th year doing therapy, um, and I've recently got into coaching. So I have expanded my private practice in the last couple of years and decided to get into coaching to, to build my practice in a different way. Got it. And what is it that got you into um your profession? What was it something you always wanted to do? No, interestingly, I went to college uh, interested in medicine. Um, so I was in high school, I worked uh, in a hospital working with people with HIV. This was in the uh, mid 80s and was really interested in working. I, I enjoyed working with people and I liked working with chronic illness and I liked HIV at that time. So I went and I was not cut out for pre-med at all <laughs> and <laughs> discovered that really early. And some an advisor said, well, if you like people, you must want to be a social worker. And I had never heard the term and it was just kind of serendipitous. And so explored social work and that, it, it literally was luck that that was a field that really appealed to me. And so it worked probably the first decade of my career in HIV in different capacities. And then I've, I've taught, I've done research, I've worked in eating disorders and anxiety has really been a thread that's that's gone through my whole practice and now in my private practice it is my specialty your specialty is i noticed it was saying it was anxiety disorders and obsessive compulsive disorders yes i know you know we're talking about comfort to growth you know your fears your anxieties when either starting a business or anything new what do you say to someone that is you know experiencing those things, you know, trying to do it all or, you know, starting a business? Oh my gosh. Well, one of the things that if it's, whether I'm, I'm working with someone in therapy or in coaching, I think what's so important is that we change the mindset around fear and we change the mindset to be, instead of looking at it as a foe, we look at it as our friend. And we look at it as, you know, the fear is what, what can motivate, that's the fertilizer for growth. Mm -hmm. Because so often we look at fear as something that, that's a signal to avoid. And, and that's really what holds people back is that we've equated it to, oh, I need to avoid something. And so I really help people look at it. No, that the more you avoid, the bigger it gets. So- so we need to, A, look at our mindset around fear and thinking about, you, you know, no, this is a signal and, and how can we move toward what's important for you? And we really look at it from kind of a meta view about, you know, what's important to you? What's on the other side? What's your why of why you're doing it? How do we, you know, rein in your brain to to get it from, so it doesn't get you in your own way. And then how can we get you more comfortable to take those small steps? 
whether it's starting your own business, whether it's, you know, facing whatever challenges in front of you, creating the environment where you're willing to take a step. I have a lot of listeners where they're either starting a new business and they're also parents and their biggest fear is trying to manage it all. How does someone get past that or what can they do? Well, you can't manage it all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know anyone that can. That's, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I think that's kind of the, what, I think that's kind of the great illusion that we can, I mean, especially as moms, do it all. And so I think it's, it's thinking about what, what our values are. And, and by value, I mean like who and what is important. And, and that changes whatever part of life you're in. And we can't do it all. I mean, as a mom, I cannot make every single soccer game, every single choral performance, every single, every single thing, especially having three kids and run a business. So I I have to make a lot of hard choices. And so part of it is figuring out what I can do. And then the harder piece of it is how do I forgive myself and let, and let the guilt be that I can't do it all. Right. I think that's one of the first steps is knowing that you're going to miss some things and it's okay. (laughs) Yes. But that took me so many years. I mean, so my eldest is 19 and my youngest is 13 and that took me probably 14, 15 years to stop beating myself up for not, you know, not being at every soccer game or whatever. How exactly, that's how I feel. And it was just talking to my kids. And sometimes I noticed that I was beating myself up more up than they even cared. Yes. And it it got to me to where I would be like, oh, I can't. They'll be like, oh, it's okay. You know, I knew you had to work, but I was like, so going through it of, you know, oh my God, I'm feeling so bad, so horrible. And they were fine. Right, right. (laughs) And now I have the conversation with them because they're older. What's important for you that I get, that I absolutely go to? Right, yeah. So they will tell me, you know, which games are the, are really important, which performances are not, are really important. And then I make, I make a point that I, that I'm there. Oh, that's good. Yeah, definitely. I, I tried doing that with my son who's 13, going to be 13 now, um, of asking him, where is it that he needs me or spend time or something? Cause as he's getting older, he's kind of not getting quieter, but you know, he wants to do his own thing and friends. And so I'm still trying to reach out to him mm-hmm. where we can connect. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's hard with it's boys are hard when they hit adolescence cause they get quiet. <laughs> And so let's go back to the, you know, the anxiety and things like that. I know a lot of people, you know, when they're starting a new business or sometimes even like you said, changing careers and, you know, anxiety, how can they see the signs or know, you know, how to control that and and how to get in that mindset? Oh, so there's a couple. So what I hear is a couple questions. Let me know if I'm on the right track. One, how to spot it and two, what to do with it. Yes. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I I think for every person, how they're going to spot it may be different. So I know a lot of people, they, they notice the physical stuff. 
first. You know, their stomach, they may have trouble eating, their stomach is swirly, they have butterflies, they might get headaches, they might be losing sleep. Yeah. And if they notice their head is like looping, it's that, you know, they can't turn their thoughts off. It's that hamster wheel of thoughts. Right. What if, and it's, I call it the what ifing, the what if bomb. It's like a cyclone <laughs> of, well, what if this happens? And then what if that happens? And then what if, what if, what if, what if? Yeah. And so those are really common, you know, common internal signs. And here's, here's one of the keys about, um, about anxiety. We can't, you know, the great myth is that, uh, you know, we can control how we, you know, the, what we think and how we feel. Mm -hmm. And we really can't, you know, we can't control initially what comes in our heads. Right. We have like hundreds of thousands of thoughts a day and, and we can't, you know, they're just, they're, they're, they're just random. Right. And what we need to learn to do is really notice them and get better at noticing them and, and shifting how we respond to them. And what are the steps for that? Because I, I used to suffer from anxiety. So I know what you're talking about of, of that fear, the feeling that you feel it's coming on and your thoughts, you're, it's hard to control them. And yes. you have to learn yes. how to snap yourself out of it. Because yes. if not, you just keep going and going. Yes, you keep going down more down the rabbit hole. <laughs> because the, the more you try to control it, the bigger it gets. Yes. The worse it gets. So what I do with people is it's a process of learning how to get your brain on a short leash. And, and we start, you know, it, one of the greatest, you know, meditation is such a big buzzword now. And I, and all my clients roll their eyes, but what, what, uh, the way I use, the way I use mindfulness, I don't really call it meditation. I use, I call it mindfulness is we're noticing what we're noticing. Mm-hmm. And so I have all of everyone I see for coaching, for therapy, parent training, they have to start with five minutes a day of just noticing what you're noticing. And it teaches you how to become an observer of your thoughts. This is simple, but it is not easy. And once you, and it's this, you're building this mental muscle of and, and practicing putting our brain on a short leash of noticing what's going on internally. And the first step is just noticing as an observer and then as and then we pick a you know something in our five senses to be our anchor and it may be our breath it may be a sound it may be the taste of gum it may be uh, you know something that they see i always use breath mm-hmm. and that becomes an anchor and then it, we practice and we do this in session Every time you notice that your brain is, you know, going into off. Yes, just like you would a puppy that you've given too much leash to, you gently bring it back to the anchor. 
Those are good. Yes, because sometimes, you know, I, I meet people and, you know, their anxiety and they know that I used to be, you know, and I would say, you know, I my thing was in the mornings, I would write things down. And then when I was getting into the sense of I'm going to be getting anxiety attacks or something, yep. my anchor was like you say now, you know, was writing things down. Uh-huh. And the process with the million things that were going on in my head. That's good. And what we what we learned, we practiced that in session. My everyone that I that I with whom I you know have a relationship, they have homework, and their homework, regardless of anything else we're working on, is they're noticing, and so they're practicing several times a day doing that exercise of bringing it back because we have to build the muscle and the new neural pathway in their brain to do that. And then we, you know, we increasingly do it in different settings and we're working on also this idea that it, you know, we're not trying to control what we think. We're not trying to change it. And we build up our tolerance for being uncomfortable. Got it. Yes. Cause I think a lot of, um, a lot of times, you know, I see things that would get me into that state of mind a year ago and now I'm reacting completely different to it. It, it still comes up. It still comes up, but I'm just, okay, I got this. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. So you're responding differently. And if we can, you know, if I can get people to accept and be willing to you know, no, you know, so if their heart's starting to be really fast, but not respond like it's dangerous, it's just uncomfortable. Instead of going to panic, we move to uncomfortable <laughs> and we can ride it out. God, yes. And I think those are huge tips because sometimes when they ask me and they'll see me and I'm like, I, it's hard to explain, you know, what you just said, you know, very easy because it's, it's hard because you, you, you're trying to tell them, don't react to things or don't react to your thoughts. And it's it's very hard when you're trying to tell somebody that, but when you actually do it and you're able to do it, it's life-changing. Yes. Oh, I'm so happy you've had that felt sense because you know what I'm talking about. You know, someone that is dealing, you know, with those anxiousness, anxiety feelings, and also, you know, being a mom and they know that their kids are going through changes what can they do to help that, you know, trying to help themselves, but also the children, um, anything like, you know, new career, you know, divorce, anything like that. So is the question, if the parent is going through something, you know, what's how to help, what to look out for in the child? Yes. Or yes, I, I think it probably depends on what it is and what you see in the child. Got it. Okay. Because I think a lot of times um, as moms, we're, you know, going through a lot and, and, you know, emotions, careers, you know, being a mother. And then we're also worried about the kids, but how to, prior- not prioritize, but how to help them also in adjusting what you're trying to adjust yourself. Well, and what we just talked about and what you learned for yourself, working with your own anxiety, that is the best experience and modeling for your children got it because you know one of my big my big 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 lessons and things that I try to teach my own kids even though they don't listen to me (laughs) is that anxiety is normal 
Anxiety is a necessary emotion because if you are ever in danger, you need that. <laughs> you know, anxiety, the function of the emotion is to protect us God. from danger. You know, yeah. and it's so if you're ever in a true dangerous situation, you need that part of your brain to get you out of there. Got it. And you know what? That's great that you, you say that because uh, my son last year did have an, an like an anxiety attack and it was a new place, a new thing. And I was trying to explain it to him that it was OK, but that he what? needed to get into his emotions on why it was happening and that was the only time he's had it but uh -huh. I tried to, trying to explain that to him and then my daughter who is seven saw that and she didn't know what in the role was going on mm -hmm. right and if we can start and your kids are young which is great normalizing it that this is not because in our culture we're, we're raising kids to think anxiety is a bad thing and if we can, and certainly like too much of it, it without skills to know what to do with it can be, a, it can be a bad thing. But if we can teach kids that, look, this is an emotion, like any other emotion, it comes and it goes. So let's learn, you know, what to do. Let's learn a process for what to do when it shows up. Because of course it's going to show up. It's normal. I love, yes, I love that you said that because sometimes I see, you know, maybe 18 year olds, 19 year olds, you know, college or new settings and they don't know how to process it and they think that it's just them. And I see my kids and I'm trying to tell them, hey, this is going to happen. Everybody's been through it just, you know, to deal with it. Yeah. Because anytime there's uncertainty, which is so often, or you're uncomfortable, it's gonna, you're gonna feel it. So you, you know, it, it's just how much you feel and how, and how you respond to it. And then going back to the, you know, the fear and, and using that towards your goals. Yeah. Um, how does someone accept these are, these are my fears. I'm going to conquer them. I'm going to use this to keep pushing forward. Uh, yes. So and it depends. So for someone, and this is the distinction in my work. So I'm assuming that someone who's coming to me for coaching is not, you know, you know, they're pretty, all they need are, you know, some skills and some fluffing up and we're on our way for someone who has more of, you know, more impairment from their fear or, you know, more impairment or, um, a uh, harder time functioning i'm going to i'm going to route them into therapy and they both have a great prognosis but i just want to kind of make that clear okay um but they both it, it's both you know both we leverage their fear into success but i'm going to speak more from you know someone in in business who's probably coming to me for coaching got it we identify okay you know what are we moving toward so what do you, what, what do you want to be able to do? So if it's someone like in a new leadership position and we think about, you know, who feels a little bit in over their head, like a little bit of imposter syndrome 
and we think about, okay, where, where do you want to move toward? What would that look like for you if you were the leader that you wanted to be? And get them thinking behaviorally, what would it look like? So they were able to inspire their team. They would be able to, you know, give presentations where they sounded confident. They were able to have the quietest member on their team speaking up. They were able, you know, to have people that were giving the bare minimum, you know, more productive. They were, so we get thinking instead of things just to check off a list of goals, thinking a little bit more, um, more deeply and then think about, okay, so if you were going, you know, this is where we need to move you toward, how do we start getting you, you know, what behaviors need to show up in you to get you going, to get you moving there. Got it. Okay. So I don't spend a lot of time talking about, okay, well, what's held you back? It's, it's addressing the situation and just keep going. Yes. So, you know, what do you need to do to be that person? How do you want to show up? So we might talk about when you're not feeling like that person, what behaviors show up? Well, you know, I, you know, in a meeting, I might sit back, you know, my, my shoulders are hunched, you know, my head is kind of like held down. And then we say, okay, for you to be the kind of person you want to be, like, how do you have to show up posturally? What do you have to do to that person that never talks? Okay, I see. Yeah. So you don't dwell too much on the, on the fear. It, it's correcting and making sure to bring out the best thing you. Yes. I mean, with the fear, you know, when someone is, when someone is fearful, chances are they're avoiding. And so we will identify when you are either in your head, when you're in your head and you're avoiding what behaviors show up for you. And you've talked about, you know, you know, therapy and the coaching. If someone is coming to you, what is like your coaching? What is it that exactly they would do, you know, you would do for them? So, and the coaching is exciting because just, I'm going to like walk back for a second. The coaching is exciting because I am only with therapy. Therapists are only licensed in the state in which they practice. So I can only provide therapy in Ohio, but coaching is anywhere, which is why it's, why it's more flexible for me. Um, So if someone is coming to me for coaching, um, I can, you know, I can do that, tell, I can do that through what we're doing, like through Zoom. So it's a more flexible platform in which to do it and which to provide services. I could also do by phone. With coaching, I typically will offer a package. So it's a package of, of services and it's, so it's a set number of face either, you know, like face to face, either through Skype or in person. And then they have access to me between sessions to generalize skills. And depending on, we always do an initial consultation to discuss what they want to work on. And I have a sense then how many, you know, what is this something that that can be done in five hours and 10 hours? Okay. I mean, you know, what, what research shows is that behavior change really takes not at least 90 days. Anyone that's selling someone something in nine hours 
it's, it, you know, that basically just gets someone's feet wet. It's, it's a question of what someone can afford and, and what they want to work on. If someone just wants to get their feet wet and kind of test out coaching and just has a little piece of work to do, you know, we'll just, we do the bare minimum. If someone really wants to dig into something, a new role, uh, you know, a, a career transition, that's going to require a bigger investment. I loved your conversation. Where can our listeners find you online to find more about your services? Sure. So two places they can find me. So my website is joannahardis.com. And if they're interested in coaching, livewithimpactcoaching.com. Well, it was great talking to you. I think I learned a lot and I know our listeners about, you know, anxiety and how to deal, you know, with fusion and that, because I think it's a lot, um, a lot of emotions that people go through, but most of the time people don't speak about them. They don't talk about them or they're afraid to go and ask for help. Yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. (laughs) Thank you for being with us. Oh, thank you so much. It was fun. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Mom, Wife, and Boss Life podcast. You can continue the conversation online by searching Mom, Wife, and Boss Life on social media or visiting our website at momwifeandbosslife.com. Thank you.